0: felt like this was so important in for the long haul Uh, i know jr's a a trucker he's driven trucks anybody else have done that so uh they you know there's got people that do short runs and then you got the long roll you know the ones that take it across country And, and i was just sitting there thinking you know god wants us to be in for the long haul Nobody wants to serve God. Uh, you know what? I've been serving God for two years. How many of you, you know, raise your hand? How many of you know people that once served God and no longer are today? They face troubles, they face trials, they face circumstances. It wasn't what they thought it was going to be, and now they're gone. Let me tell you, that's a tragedy. God wants us in for the whole time, you know, to finish to the end. Do you want? It's good to start, but how many of you know it's even better to finish? Amen. If we quit somewhere along the line, what what was the point? So God wants us in for the long haul. So before I get into that, I need to start with this. First of all, Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States, you may or may not realize he had a unique approach to the Bible. And uh, the parts that he disagreed in the Bible, he would take a pair of scissors and cut that part out of the Bible. I'm not even kidding. So... Uh, he cut out anything that referenced angels, anything that referenced prophecy, he deleted any reference to the Trinity, to the divinity of Jesus and his resurrection, or anything that included anything miraculous. How many of you think he's probably had a boring Bible? He, uh, he created his own Bible, and by the time he was finished editing the parts he didn't like, it was down to 46 pages. That was it. And uh, I, I've got a picture. He never published it because he knew he would get a lot of flack. One of his, uh, I don't remember if it was sons or grandsons, actually published it. You can go to Amazon and get a copy of the Jefferson Bible. I don't encourage that, but that, it is there. Uh, it's in the Smithsonian. It's really sad, but let me, uh, let me show you. His Luke chapter 2, which really includes 45 verses, the original version, his, by the time he was done with it, only had 14 verses. So you may not be able to read it but he starts it out chapter 2 and it goes along all the way verse through all the way through verse 7 no problem and then he leaves out verse 8 which talks about the shepherds and the angels appearing to the shepherds it's like oh ain't me yeah, cut that out he picks it back up he cut out verses 8 through 20 he picks up he leaves verse 21 in there and then he skips verses 22 through 29 where the prophet simeon and anna come and speak a prophetic word over him and he gets rid of that he deletes it and then he jumps down and he gets the last uh the last few verses in there if he agreed with it it made the bible if he disagreed with it it ended up on the floor and uh his bible ends with jesus being buried no resurrection can i tell you how boring how sad is that And does that kind of enrage a little bit of people? Like, why would he do that? But I want to tell you that good people wanting to be a follower of Christ sometimes do the same thing. You're like, what? Not necessarily cutting the scriptures out, but if there's verses that you don't believe, you just choose not to believe that. Oh, that doesn't apply to me. You know, you, you look at it and we pick and choose verses like, you know, oh, you know, God that's not how God really is. I, I don't think that that applies. Sometimes people teach you things that don't apply, you know what? Things that they, and sometimes we're just like, man, I just wish this was true. They open their Bible and it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. God is a God of love. He would never allow that to happen. So let's get rid of that. Uh, or I've heard this. I've actually heard this. Like that's you expect that to happen. You expect us to not for a person to not have sex until their marriage married that's so archaic that's so uh old-fashioned so i'm not going to believe that right how many of you know you've heard that especially when you watch tv and stuff today that's not reasonable so i'm not going to believe that portion of the bible that's just for biblical times and what about this one well you know what that's not really sin because i i like that or how about giving my money oh god's not getting that i'm ripping that page out of my bible God doesn't want me to be unhappy. We've actually heard, especially some teenagers, God just wants me to be happy. How many of you know God's not looking to make you happy? He wants to make you holy. Right? There's a difference there. Or I don't believe Christians should suffer, so you better as well get rid of the books of Peter. Right? Uh, he deals with that. So I want you to understand that ignoring parts of God's word is every bit as offensive as what Thomas Jefferson did every bit of it and we have i mean over the years we've had numerous encounters with people that uh i don't agree with that i disagree with that and we've opened up the bible and showed them where it is and you know what we've heard many times over well i don't believe that i I don't think god's like that but it's like it's in there so how do you decide that's the question what part of the bible am i going to believe and what part doesn't apply to me how do you decide which commands of Jesus to follow and which ones uh, are unreasonable and out of date? Where, I mean, is there like an application? I want a personal exemption, God, from this portion of Scripture. Can we do that? No, not at all. How many of you see the danger in it? Because if we pick and choose, then the Bible simply becomes a negotiable document. It's no longer the Word of God. So sometimes we manipulate God's Word to suit our preferences and our desires so we can be happy, we can be guilt-free, and we can be comfortable. But God's Word is God's Word. Because what happens is everybody eventually encounters problems in my life. Does everybody have problems at one time or another? And what happens is when you've created your own God, which is breaking a commandment, that's what's happening there. You created a God in your own image. Then what happens is that we get upset. Wait a minute, God. Why am I going for that? I thought I, I cut that out of my Bible. Why am I struggling here? Why is this happening to me? You can't do that. And, and you know, it was about a month ago we, uh, we bought a uh, new playground in our backyard for our grandkids. And uh, I don't know, anybody here ever put something together and didn't follow the rules, <laughs> the instructions? I've done that in the past, but when it came to this, knowing that my grandkids are being on it, let me tell you, Joshua had the instructions, Timothy and I were doing it because I didn't want them to go up in the swing and all of a sudden it break and then, you know, them go flying. So we followed the instructions. And when you don't follow the instructions, I want to tell you, something is going to go wrong. Amen? That's exactly what happens when people begin to choose and pick and choose what they want to follow in Scripture. I'll do this, but I don't know about that. Uh, You follow some of God's instructions, ignore the ones you don't like. And then we wonder, why aren't things turning out right? Why isn't it? See, many people ignore God's command about sex, and then they wonder why their relationships always seem to end in a mess. That doesn't make sense. Many people ignore God's command about money, and then they wonder why they keep struggling with business, job, finances, whatever, and somehow they just don't make that connection. Right? Some people ignore the go- commands of God about forgiveness, about resolving conflict, and then they wonder why they have so many broken relationships in their life. And usually people like that will tend to blame everybody else. Isn't that true? Many ignore God's command about gossip and then wonder why people are talking about them. <laughs> right? Come on, I'm just telling you. If you pick and choose and only accept the parts you like, you might as well throw out the whole book you might as well throw it all out now i want to address some things today that that are challenging in scripture and, and i don't think it's a coincidence that this is father's day i've titled this message like i said in for the long haul and, and i was thinking this morning even as tomorrow morning i was praying about it i remember jesus teaching the parable and i think most of you will identify it about the the different seeds the seeds in the sower And on one of the seeds, and this is in Matthew, it's not going to be up on the screen, Matthew 13, uh, it said the seed that felled on rocky soil represented those who hear the message, immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. And it says that they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. We've seen that happen time and time again. How many of you know the first time that that really happened is the 12 followers of Jesus, they were serving, man, they're serving Jesus, this is wonderful, we're going to have this throne, and all of a sudden Jesus is arrested, persecution happened, what happened to the followers of Christ? They left. Right? Their roots were not deep. They had this idea of what it meant to serve Jesus and to follow Jesus. And the moment things didn't turn out the way they thought it was supposed to turn out, they were gone. Even Peter, you know, who thought, even if everybody else leaves you, I'm not going to leave you. I mean, he even cut off a dude's ear, right, to show that. Demon, I'm going to be here. And then he followed, he followed behind, but ended up denying Jesus to three different people. Right, So persecution, they didn't have deep roots. The same thing is true with people today. They have an idea of what it means to serve God. Oh, this is going to happen. This is going to be great. But we ignore what God's Word says. And then when problems happen and when persecution happens, they're gone. Yeah. They're out of here. Things, well, I thought God was going to make everything perfect in my life. Uh, is that, does God's Word say that anywhere? No. no, it doesn't. So here's the thing. If you want to make it to the end like the end is going to happen for every one of us and if you want to still be standing faithful serving God then there's some things in scripture that we need to look at and really apply to our life so let me uh... let me pull out some of them here john fifteen eighteen through twenty if the world hates you and this is a great father's day I just want you to know remember that it hated me first the world would love you was one of its own if you belong to it but you are no longer part of the world I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. And then in the end of verse 20, since they persecuted me, naturally they're going to persecute you. All right? That's, does that verse give anybody the warm fuzzies? All right. No. What about this next one? This next one will be really encouraging. All men will hate you because of me. But he, this is what I want to be, he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Amen? I want to be firm to the end, if you'll do that. Look at Luke 21. Then he said to him, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famine, pestilence, COVID in various places, (laughs) and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But check it out. Before all this, everybody say, before all this. They will lay hands on you persecute you they will deliver you to synagogues and prisons and you will be brought before kings and governors all on account of my name but check this out this will result in you being a witness to them so there's a purpose in all of this that we're going to cover and let me look at this uh but he says this but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how many of you know right now is beforehand we got to make up our mind right now this stuff is coming. It's already here, but we got to make a decision now. He says, "Don't he, make up your mind beforehand how you're going to defend yourselves. For he says, I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. And he goes, you will betray, be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. How many of you know these last few years, there's a lot of families that have, uh, because you stand for Christ, they have already cut you off. They've already cut you off because you made a stand. This is being fulfilled right now. And he says, they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me. I know these are just great verses, right? (laughs) Last one, 2 Timothy 3, 12. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, uh, Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Not might, not possibly. It will happen. And let me just say, I know I referenced COVID, but how many of you know when COVID hit, many in the church failed? And that wasn't even persecution, that was a virus. What's going to happen when real persecution happens? How many are still going to be here? There's some that haven't returned to church yet, still. And it's been four years, three years, three and a half years, I don't know. It's an eternity, right? Some are still not. I've known some churches that have still, about 25% of their people have not returned. They're gone. So, what's going to really happen? And I believe that God wants his people in for the long haul. Amen? That's why why I said that. Are you in for the long haul? I mean, we've been at the fair, and you know those rides? Some people kind of follow Jesus like an amusement ride. All right, I'm going to take them around for a few turns, but once it's over, I'm out. no, we don't want to do that. We want to be in for the long haul. And I believe that God wants us there. We're going to face challenging and difficult times. I'm just telling you, we've got to be prepared. Amen. As His church, we've got to be prepared. We want to be a church that teaches God's Word, all of it. We want to be a church that trains you to be a strong believer in Christ, to be ready no matter what is coming your way. Amen. Amen. We have to be strong so that we can walk through persecution and struggles together and come out on the other side still following and trusting Jesus. Amen. Amen. And and let me just say this if you're looking for a convenient, easy, no pressure, no confrontational place to feel good about yourself once a week and pretend to follow Jesus, can I tell you, this isn't your church. We're not going to be that church. We may not be as big as a church down the street but we want to be a stronger, ready to face whatever comes our way and with confident hope and trust in Jesus. Amen? 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 So that's what we want to do. That's what we're going to cover today. So I want to look at 1 Peter. I'm going to cover the whole book of Peter, 1 Peter, and, uh, but I'm just giving a portion out of each chapter, okay? Uh, let me give you a little background to Peter. He wrote it to the church that's in what is now modern-day Turkey, and it was at a time where persecution was ramping up in the church, Uh, In Turkey, it wasn't illegal at this time to be a Christian, but it was very unpopular. The government leaders did not like the influence the church had, and it was becoming very difficult. And Peter, uh, most likely, they think, wrote this letter from Rome where persecution was ramped up. Christians were suffering horribly, uh, burned at the stake, tortured, killed. And, And Peter's writing this letter to Turkey saying, hey, listen, you guys need to be ready. This stuff is coming. There's going to be ridicule. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be government opposition. Right? How many of you know this letter of instruction written to the church is facing some of the challenges that you and I face right now? Right? It's dealing with some of the things that we're... And like I said, these are not popular verses for the American church. We just want the feel-good, tell-me-how-blessed-I-am and how wonderful everything is going to be. Uh, but I want to tell you, my job as a pastor is to help you to understand... The whole Word of God. Amen? Not just tell you the parts that you want to hear, but even tell you the parts that aren't always comfortable because I want you guys there at the end. I want everybody to make it. It's heartbreaking when you see somebody go part of the way and they're like, well, I'm taking the exit rant. I'm done. All right? I'm out of here. I'm done. No, we want to make it all the way. So how do you become a follower of Christ and respond to persecution, hardship, and suffering? We have to face it with the right attitude and the right understanding. I want to teach you a way to look at persecution and suffering in a way that you're not a victim, but that actually advances the kingdom of God. Amen? There's a way that you can take that. So let me give you the first verse out of uh, Peter chapter 1. And I have it in the message because I want to change your thinking a little bit. Sometimes we read things in one version and then it, it can just go through. Uh, but I love how he says it. He goes, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life. And we have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And I love this. And the future starts now. How many of you know your eternal life in him started the moment you gave your life to Jesus? Not the moment you die. Well, when I die, I'll get eternal life. You have it right now. There's a little bump in the road called death. But guess what? You get to live forever with him. Right? Your eternal life starts now. And he says this, God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. And the day is coming when you're going to have it all, life healed and whole. How many of you that suffer through pain and struggles are looking forward to that day? Right? None of that anymore. None of those struggles anymore. Then he goes on to say this, I know how great this makes you feel. I mean, it does. It makes me feel good. i got something to look forward to. But he goes this. Even though you have to put up with every kind of aggra- aggravation in the meantime. Anything about our world aggravate you? Oh, yeah. the, let me just say, does politics aggravate anybody? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. All right, how about just our current culture right now? Is it aggravating? Oh. You try to watch TV now and it's like you've got to face some more aggravation. Oh, yeah. right? It's just annoying. It gets under your skin. He's saying, listen, Even though you have to face all kinds, every kind of aggravation in the meantime, in the meantime, he says, pure gold put in the fire comes out. It is proved pure, genuine faith put through the suffering comes out, proved genuine. And when Jesus wraps it all up, it's your faith, not your gold that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. Isn't that good? You're like I'm going to read that out of the message from now on because that was good. He, but he's saying is that while you're here on earth, listen, you're going to suffer. You're going to go through persecution. You're going to go through trials, and and it's a challenging. But guess what? When everything is wrapped up and that day is getting quicker and quicker, the older I get, how many of you know it's going quicker, right? It's like whoa, how am I this age now? Like just yesterday, I thought I was younger, but. Uh, It's going to come, and when it's all wrapped up, he's saying it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. There may be suffering here, friends, but one day, guess what? Victory is ours, amen? So that's the first point in your notes there. Suffering here, yes, but guess what? Victory there, amen? Victory there. uh, If you stay with me, it's like if ultimately we get victory, why does God allow suffering? Anybody ever question that? Why does, they, why does he let that? Because here's the thing. Suffering is often what leads to victory. We got to go through those things. There would be no empty tomb to celebrate if there was not suffering that took place on the cross. He Jesus had to go through that. And, and the same thing is true with you and I. Anyone that's ever been healed or seen God really deliver them, guess what? You had to go through suffering and God's miraculous intervention changed everything. Because what happened is that your genuine faith got put through the suffering and it came out on the other side, genuine. Amen? Refined. How many of you know, we we used to sing a song, refiner's fire. We all got to go through that because let's be honest, we're all a little bit of a mess. We need a little bit of refining fire to work through our lives so that on the other side our faith comes out genuine. Not fake, amen? I mean, listen, anybody can live for God when everything's good. Isn't that easy? Oh, man, life is good. My marriage is good. My kids are good. My dog doesn't poop on the floor. Everything is good. Right? Everything is great. That's easy. The true test of your faith is how you respond when things aren't going good. How are you going to respond? when everyone, listen, That's when everybody is watching you. Oh, man, you had problems. Here's the thing. Suffering proves that my faith is genuine. When I go through it, yeah, it proves it to God. It proves it to you, but guess what? All of those that you've been telling that you love God and you're serving God, that's when they're watching you. That's when their eyes are on you. And what I want you to understand is that everybody in this life on planet Earth, ever since Adam and Eve to us until whenever the Lord comes back again, everybody suffers sometime, one time or another, right? Everybody goes, here's the difference, though. If somebody that doesn't know Jesus suffer, guess what? They have no hope. Right? There's no hope. It's like, you're pain, you're, you're hurting, you're going through the challenges, and there's nothing for them to hope for. If it's a person that's just pretending to be faithful, they're not really living it, they're just you know, with, with word only, when they sur- suffer, guess what happens? They act like a sinner. All of a sudden, words come out of their mouth that shouldn't be there. Actions and anger and all of these things. It's like, wait a minute, what I thought you were a follower of Jesus. Yeah, but I, now I'm going through this. I'm I'm loving God when everything's great, uh, but when things aren't so great, what's coming out of our life? But here's the thing, those that are a true follower of Jesus, when they suffer, their faith is proven genuine. People are looking at you. Guess what? You didn't get the promotion at work, you didn't get the scholarship you were wanting, you lost your job, a deal you were making fell through, maybe you got a bad report from a doctor. How are you going to respond to that? How are you going to act when, oh man, I can't believe that they did. They gave that person that job and not me, and you get all angry, I'm quitting, I'm out of here. How many of you know, that is not Christ, right? That is not Christ. How genuine is your faith? How genuine is your faith? So now look at 1 Peter uh, 2.20. There is no particular virtue in accepting punishment that you well deserve. We all have gotten some punishment that we deserve. Anybody here ever done something stupid and you had to pay the consequences for it, right? My hands are up, both of them. Let me put my foot up there too, right? It happens, right? Sometimes we just make dumb choices and we suffer the consequences. No big deal. God is not like, wow, look how they're enduring that punishment, right? They deserved it. We deserve it sometimes. But look at what he goes on to say. But if you're treated badly for good behavior and you continue, in spite of it, to be a good servant, that's what counts for God. Amen? That's what counts. And he goes on to say this, this is the kind of life you've been invited into. God has invited us into that kind. When you accept Jesus as your Savior, that's what he's inviting you into. He goes, the kind of life that Christ lived. He suffered everything that came his way so that you would know that it could be done And also to know how to do it step by step. How many of you know God gave us, Jesus gave us not just salvation from the cross, but he showed us how to live this life. He showed us how to go through challenges. He showed us how to go through suffering and persecution and do it in a way that glorifies God. Amen? Let me just say, Peter's basically telling him here, you're going to be treated bad for doing good. And we're like, well, that's not right. I'm going to get mad now. Listen, that is actually a part of the deal when you decide to follow Jesus. It it really is. It's the opposite, really, of what Western Christianity says. Oh, serve God. Everything's going to be wonderful. You know, we've given out those flyers, uh, and we'll give out more. And I was sitting there thinking about that. What would have happened if we said, hey, come to Freedom Sunday and suffer with us? How many of you know, that doesn't sound like a great message. Ah, uh, let's, you know, I've already suffered through enough church service. I don't want to go anymore like that. You know, it's not about that. It's about, you know, we want to tell people about Christ and let them get connected. We'll let them in on the bad news that, yeah, there's some suffering involved in it, right, later. But it's not really bad news because Jesus is with us. Amen? Like I said, everybody suffers. I, if I'm going to suffer, I want to suffer with Christ in me. Amen? Amen. So here's the thing. Some people will be like, well, didn't Jesus promise life abundantly? Did he promise that? Yeah. Yeah. I've come that they might have life and life more abundantly. But how many of you know sometimes that abundant life can be the peace and the joy in the midst of your storm, right? In the midst of your challenges, in the midst of your difficulties, you have this overwhelming confidence that God is still with you. You see that abundant, everybody faces the storms. Some people face it without Jesus. Some people face it and they have no hope. So yes, he gives us that. And while you're suffering, you can have peace and joy that God is with you. So how do we respond? How do we respond when the storms come, when suffering comes? We have to do this. We have to endure suffering. Uh, if to endure suffering, I must be like Jesus. I've got to follow his step by step. He gave us a step by step. How do I do it? So I'm going to give you three points real quick on how Jesus did it and how that applies to our lives. First Peter 2.22, he says, He never did one thing wrong. Not once did, uh, said anything amiss. He never did anything. when He always did. Basically, number one is he did what was right. He did what was right. When somebody wrongs you, let me just think about it in your head. Somebody wrongs you, what's our natural reaction? yeah pay him back right retaliate right where like you you did something to me I'm gonna do something back to you and it's probably gonna be worse because I can't just give you equal punishment back I gotta you know you did my one eye, I am gonna take out your two eyes at our house we call it double man is not that right you punch me once you're getting punched twice that's our natural thing I'm just telling you so up uh, sorry here's the thing that's our house right so if if they're evil, here's the thing if their evil makes you to not do right, how many of you know that invalidates your faith? If what somebody has done to you causes you to do something wrong back to them, where is your faith at? Or do you really even have it? It's like when others do wrong, listen, as followers of Christ. Even before Pastor Colleen and I were pastors, it seemed like whenever conflict or whatever would happen, it seemed like we always had to take the high road. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes I don't like taking the high road. Sometimes I want to take the low road and like, hey, listen, I'm going to meet you down on the low road and we're going to have some words here. Hey, listen, you're like, well, you're a pastor. Hey, listen, I can guarantee you every pastor's wanted to get on that low road. Am I right? Right. Like, you're throwing the darts, you're throwing the punches, you're throwing the accusation. Come on. I'm tired of being up here. I'm getting down here where you're at, right? <laughs> and we feel that. That's all of our natural inclination. But we have to go back. and you know, Christ has always told us, you've always got to take the high road. You've got and And, and I know I remember, i remember years ago, my wife was like, why do we always got to take the high road? Like, why does it seem like we're the only ones that seem to do that? I know it's not true, but sometimes it feels that way, am I right? But if you're going to endure persecution, if you're going to go through, if we're going to do it the way Jesus told us to do it, that's got to be our life. I'm going to take the high road. I'm not going to jump in the dirt with them, even though that's what I used to do. I'm going to take that high road, and I'm going to do the right thing. I want to be like Jesus. Then uh, he goes on, verse 23. They called him every name in the book. And he said nothing back. He suffered in silence. Uh, Again, listen, I just want to be real with you guys. Anybody enjoyed being called every name in the book? No. No, It's like, oh, man. you know. And Jesus, what did he do? He didn't say anything back. They're making all of these accusations. And so the pattern that Jesus is setting for us is he did what was right, and he didn't respond when those words came at him. And I know that it's easier to preach it than to do it, am I right? A whole lot easier. And sometimes when people are like, well, listen, if they said that and I don't respond, it's going to make me look weak. And we're so worried about that. But I want to tell you, it's not going to make you weak. It's going to make you look like Jesus. Amen? It's going to make you look like Jesus. And, 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 and here it goes on, verse 23, he says this, uh, he suffered in silence. He was content to let God set things right. See, these are keys right here. If you're going to go through, if you want to last, we have to understand I've got to uh, do the right thing. I've got to not respond. And then I've got to trust that God uh, be content to let God set things right. That's kind of a pattern right there that we have to grab onto. And I know, I know, we get frustrated when it seems like some people always get away with things. How do they get away with it? That's not right. You know, we want to jump in the fight and get on there with them. But, but listen, can we trust God to handle that situation? Yes, we can. How many of you know God is the one that's keeping score, not us? I know we want to keep score, and sometimes we still keep score, and we're like, okay, God, how much longer? How much longer? We're waiting for it to happen, are we, right? Anybody? You ever wait for it to happen to somebody? God, when are you going to get them, right? And uh, uh, here's the thing. God is the one that will settle it one day. And even though in our flesh we may want to settle accounts with somebody, I want to tell you, I am thankful that God waited for me to get saved before he settled my account. Amen? God may do, be doing a work in, your life, in that person's life, and you're like, oh, man, God, get him, get him, get him. And God is saying, no, he's merciful. He's gracious. He is wanting that person to come. That day will come, and you know what? I can be okay with letting God settle that account. Amen? I mean, think about it. What's a better way to get even with somebody? You, by giving them an angry rant on social media? Well, that was quiet. Or to let God handle it. All right, God, this is in your hand. You know what they said. You know what they did. You know the situation. And I know that there's going to come a day that either they will repent, come to know you, uh, whatever the situation, or, God, they're going to have to face you. All right? I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. Listen, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. How how in the world is doing what's right, not responding, trusting God, how does that help me to live my life for Christ, to share my faith? How does that happen? Well, I'm glad you asked. I didn't ask. Well, yes, you did. So uh, Peter answers that question this. He goes, if with heart and soul you're doing good, do you think you can be stopped? Like if you choose to live a life that you're doing good, no one's going to be able to stop you. And he says, even if you suffer for it, it's going to happen. He's telling you it's going to happen. But he goes, even if you suffer, you're still better off. Don't give the opposition a second thought. Don't even worry about him. Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ, your master. And check it out. Then be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks you why you're living the way you are. Always, always with the utmost courtesy. Maybe I should have highlighted that too, because how many of you know sometimes there's angry witnesses for God? Oh, you know what? I can't believe they did that. Listen, you're gonna burn in hell, you know what? You just need to get your life right with God. Does that warm anybody's heart? And oh, We've got to give an answer, but with the utmost courtesy. Keep a clear conscience before God so that when people throw mad at you, and they will, none of it will stick. They'll end up realizing that they're the ones who need a bath. It's better to suffer for doing good, if that's what God wants, than to be punished for doing bad. So if I keep my heart at attention honoring God, keep my conscience clear, uh, treat people honorably, respectful, then listen, God has given me an opportunity because people are going to ask, man, do you know what you're going through? Why aren't you upset? Why aren't you angry? Why aren't you ranting? Why aren't you going off on that person? It gives you an opportunity. That's exactly what it does. When you have the right response to suffering, it creates opportunities for you to share Christ. Amen. It it, it does. Don't retaliate. You're going to have an opportunity. Listen, you may lose a sale. You may lose a promotion. You may not win the popularity contest. Who cares anyway? But let me tell you, there's a kingdom benefit on the other side of that that far outweighs anything that we can get on this side of heaven. Isn't that true? I I know sometimes as Christians we get our agendas backwards because we're living for this world. We're living for right now. Oh, I gotta get here, I gotta get this job, I gotta get this promotion, I gotta get this position, I gotta get this house. I you know, we have all of our agenda and we make this world our our goal while God's goal is always this next world. It's not right now. Quit worrying so much about right now. Yes, we need to do the things God calls us to do. There's nothing wrong with, uh, with having a house or anything like that. But don't make all of your goals just to get ahead in this life. God is worried more and concerned more about the future. So let me ask you this question. How much suffering is one's soul worth? How much suffering is one? If your suffering that you go through creates an opportunity... To share your faith with somebody who's been previously closed off to the gospel? Is that worth it? I know, it's awfully quiet here, right? Let, let me put it this way. It, uh, how much suffering would you endure for your child to accept Jesus? Oh, yeah. yeah, see, that's a little bit different spin right there, right? What about if you got grandkids and you know they're not serving God? How much suffering would you be willing to endure for your grandkids to accept Jesus? If you have a spouse that doesn't know the Lord, how much suffering would you be willing to endure for them to come to know Jesus? What about your neighbor? And it's like, oh, no, now you're backtracking, Pastor Scott. So uh, would God do that? Would God, I mean, think about it. Would God allow you to suffer so that your response to that suffering would bring somebody close to him? Yeah, he did. He already did that. It's called the cross. That suffering on the cross... Aren't you glad that he suffered on the cross so that we could have victory? Aren't you thankful for that? The cross was ugly. It was painful. It was gruesome. All of that. But at the same time, it was beautiful. All right? Because that's our salvation. And that's the next thing I want to say. Jesus' suffering. That's my victory. That's my victory right there. Let me move on. 1 Corinthians 14. So that those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Wait a minute. Suffering could be according to God's will? God's will might be that you actually suffer in a situation? Again, that's not a popular message, is it? Like, Pastor Scott, I was coming in. I like the fun things that Pastor Colleen had going on. What, What are you talking about here? So let me just say, don't pull a Thomas Jefferson on me and ignore this. Uh, if you suffer according to God's will and continue to g- do good, because we struggle with that because we've been taught a Western view of Christianity that if you're suffering, then you must have done something wrong. Right? You must have, you, there must be, oh, there's got to be some kind of sin in their life. You see what they're going through? They, boy, they disobeyed God somewhere. Or, or, this is a big one, they just don't have enough faith. You're going through this, you, if you just had more faith... And we've been taught that loving God would never allow us to suffer. Do you see how, how dangerous that thought is? And Peter's saying it might even be God's will for you, right? So people will see the good that you do when they see you responding right. You're going to have an opportunity to share your faith. Amen. So I want us to understand this is so important because you may be going through something. And you're thinking, why am I going through this? What did I do wrong? And, you know, that's when some people come back to church. Oh, I better go back to church because everything's going wrong. It's good to be here, but I want you to understand that suffering does not mean you have missed the will of God. Doesn't mean that you've missed it. Sometimes we're going to go through it. So don't let super spiritual, self-righteous Thomas Jefferson Bible-clipping people make you feel guilty just because you're going through challenges. It's very normal. It's very common in the body of Christ. So uh, Peter finishes the letter in chapter 5, verse 9. He says, you're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. So think about it. He's in Rome where real persecution is taking place. And he's writing to them uh, that where it's starting to ramp up. And he's like, hey, listen, uh, it's the same with Christians all over the world. So he tells them this, keep a firm grip on the faith. The suffering will not last forever. And I I feel like that's a word for somebody. You've been going through something. The suffering you're going through will not last forever. Somebody needed to hear that today. He says, It won't be long before the generous God who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans that they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, he does. Amen. Yes, let's give a hand clap to the Lord. Listen, we have, uh, we have it so much better than so many Christians around the world. Sometimes we think, oh, man, we're really going through it. Can't believe our, our culture. Uh, let me tell you, none of us are being killed right now. Right? There are Christians in other places. Think about our Ukrainian missionaries that they're, they're over there. They go to the grocery store and people get bombed just out in the parking lot. It could have been there. They were in their homes and the Russians blew up their dam. And now they got water flooding houses. And it's like, you know, we have a little bit of rain. We had some of that rain that did some flooding. But guess what? It passed. It wasn't a whole dam that opened up. So sometimes we have suffering that we think, or maybe you think, oh, yeah, that doesn't really happen. If we just think, oh, that doesn't happen to Christians, then what are we invalidating the believers around the world? You see, they can handle persecution because they've not cut that part out of their bible right they know that it's happened they can go to prison they can get beaten and they can keep serving god with joy and trust because they know that's part of the deal it just is it's part of the deal and listen i know things aren't getting better in the united states i still love my country you know we i served in the military uh but I, we know things how many of you know things are not they're going in the other direction So we can get upset about it. We can be angry about it. Uh, But here's the thing. In your anger, do not what? Do not sin. What do we need to do? We need to be like Jesus. We need to do what's right. We're not to retaliate. We're to trust God. I mean, the church in Turkey, they had to be hearing the rumors about what their brothers and sisters were going through uh, uh, in in, uh, Rome. And it's like they were burning. Here's the thing. They were burning Christians on a stake to light up birthday parties that's crazy isn't it and it's like they had to be hearing that uh uh, and jesus said this again i I just want to read that verse again you're not the only ones plunged into these hard times listen i want to tell you there's going to be challenging times that you and i are going to face i mean the last five years has anybody been surprised even just the last five years what what has happened in our world It's crazy. What's going to happen in another five years, another ten years? If we don't get a grip on this, we're going to be washed away like everybody else. We'll be in for the short haul. God wants us in for the long haul. So he says, keep that firm grip on your faith. Can I have everybody stand while I'm reading this? The suffering will not last forever. It won't be long before the generous God who has great plans for us, eternal and glorious plans that they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, he does. So if you're in for the long haul, uh, I don't know if you' got a song. You got a song? Sure. He's got a song. He's ready for that. Uh, I just want us to, to, to make this a declaration. God, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm in this for the long haul. Lord, I want to serve you every day of my life. Is that you? Just raise your hand, and you say, listen, I want, I want to be at the end. When the dust is settled and the final roll is called, I want to still be here. Amen? I'm not going to let the enemy take me out. I'm not going to let some turkey calling me a name Turk take me out. I want to stand for him every day. And as he's singing that song, listen, if you want to come up to the front, let's just make that a declaration in our faith. Lord, we want, we want to stand for you. Lord, help us to begin to respond like Jesus does. Lord, help us not to retaliate against people that that, want to knock us off of our game. Lord God, that want to distract us, that want to keep us out of this race. But Lord, help us to keep our eyes, as you said in in Hebrews, fixed on you, the author and the finisher, the one that began and the one that's going to end our faith. Lord, let us keep our eyes focused on you every day, Lord God. Lord, the world may turn, the world may go uh, to hell in a handbasket, Lord God. But Father, our eyes are on you and we know that we have an eternal home with you. So Lord, give us strength. Lord God, give us wisdom. Give us the power and the strength that your Holy Spirit provides to uh, stand against the things in this world. And Lord, we love you. We thank you. Let's sing this song together.